This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash dizafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash dizafterdark. Thank you. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty. Then on with the show. Good afternoon, good morning, whatever time you're listening to uh, this episode of Diz After Dark. I'm Half Cut, and uh, joining me tonight is, and I'll come to that in a minute, joining me tonight is uh, talented Mr. Chris Ripley. Hello. And also we've got, we've got well, it sounds like we've got Flynn in the background as well, we have, but he's not going to contribute much rather than growling. Uh, we have got P-Dubs himself, Mr. Paul Washington. Hello. Who hopefully will contribute more than, than growling. So, that's good. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been out all day. I've not long come home, so I'm half cut. And uh, poor Flynn, he's been on his own since... He's been on his own for about five or six hours. And he just wants a bit of TLC. He just wants his, his belly tickled because he's a lush. So, that, that's why he's growling. I stopped. How <laughs> dare I stop <laughs> giving him tickles. Um, what what a bad dog owner I am, but that's uh, normally how we keep Craig quiet. Is <laughs> that we normally keep? Yeah, yeah. If he's not in the toilet and he, he plays up, uh, and that's how we have to calm him down. That's that's a good point. Uh, you know, sometimes we are a bit candid in the show, and sometimes you've got to be careful of that. But I think that's that's fair enough. I think he won't mind us releasing that information. Um, but yeah, I just I just um, I went to London today with some friends and my wife, and. Um, we, uh, I went to, I went to Harrods for the first time uh, to see the Disney wow. store. Um, I've been to Harrods uh, only once before, actually, which for someone that lives fairly close to London uh, sounds quite strange. But they don't like my kind in there because <laughs> because I don't dress up, so <laughs> I have to go on undercover. But um, yeah, they've got a, they've got a, like, a little Disney store in there. I say little. It's, it's it's a fairly large department, actually. They, they have a Disney restaurant in there, don't they? They have a Disney cafe, but we didn't see it actually. And I, you know what? I only remember that about five minutes ago that it existed. So, um, <laughs> but saying so, I I didn't see it 
I didn't see it advertised um, on the listing. Uh, but I think I it's did still hear there. A, yeah, I did hear a rumour they're refurbing it. Uh, they, I know they do it every now and again because I'm pretty sure when it first opened, it was Toy Story themed. Mm. Uh, but I've seen it Peter Pan themed as well. So I think there is also a Bibbity Bobbity Boutique in there somewhere. There is. That, that's so. Um, where the Disney store is, um, or where it ends, there's an entrance to go to the Bibbity Bobbity Boutique. Um, I think, uh, I think it's more expensive than America. Not very surprising. Mm. It's Harrods. Everything was was more expensive. Although, saying that the Disney store prices were the same. So mm. uh, for Simpson was was three pound. It was three pound. Um, but I couldn't use my discount in there because it was considered a concession rather than oh. an actual Disney store, so they wouldn't let you use your, the, the discount in there. Um, but but yeah, there is a Bibbity Bobbity Boutique. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's also more expensive than the Paris one as well. Did you did you get lost in there? No, no. No, it's not. I, I always get lost in Harrods. Oh, it, oh, oh, oh! You mean in the shop itself? Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of, we kind of did with the people that we were with, who were supposed to be experts, but but not too badly. We went to the. <laughs> so, my wife can be very hilarious at times, and one such thing was um, we saw a sign for the Egyptian escalator. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I made a joke of saying, oh, you know why it's called the Egyptian Escalator? You have to do this. And then did the kind of walking like an Egyptian uh, pose. Na-na-na-na-na. Picking, na, na, picking na, na, how low na, na, it was. Na, na. Yeah. And, um, and she was like, oh, that's a random That's how she's tall. She's, she's a bit like a cross between Janet Street Porter and a parent of Charlie Brown. And... Um, Anyway, we got we got to the <laughs> we got to the Egyptian escalators. We're going uh, we're going between floors, and she said, "I wonder." <laughs> First of all, she said, "I wonder what they were thinking when they built this." I said, "Probably Egypt." <laughs> because basically, it's all sculptures with like Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics and mm-hmm. uh, iconography and stuff like that. Now we're going through this lift, and she said, "I wonder." Why, why, why Egypt? And I went, well, because it was owned by Mohammed Al Fayed. She went, what? And I'm supposed to know he's Egyptian. I was like, what do you think he was? And she went, well, Muslim. I was like, as if Muslim's a country. Mm. And um, but we was going for it, and she was like, well, how long has it been here? Like, how do they build everything around it? I was like, they just refurbished it. So it can be classic. We also walked past. Um, I'm not sure what shop it was, but we was on Old Bond Street. And there was a shop that had uh, roses all around the entrance. Like, so it went up one side of the doorway, across the doorway, and down the other side. And she, as we walked past, she sniffed them. She went, oh, they're real! As if that was an odd thing. That, that, you know, there'd be real flowers in London. Very, very strange. Though. Really good, though. Um, i tell you what. Harrods does remind me of Vegas. Funny you say that, because... Um, is it is it Fizu or Fazu or Verzu? There's um there's a mobile phone uh company. They mm. do exclusive uh like like high end crap looking phones. Uh, let's have a look, I'm trying to find what it's called. And they've got loads of shops in Vegas. Vertu, oh, that's right. it. Yeah. So a Vertu um, 
well, just to give you an idea, okay? So first of all, a Vertu phone, V-E-R-T-U, um, looks like an old Nokia. And I'm talking like 8810 type of stuff. Early 2000s technology. Look ugly. This one I'm looking at now, admittedly this is on the Selfridges website, but they sell it in Harrods as well. The signature 18 carat red gold and stainless steel mobile phone looks tacky as hell. Is £26,400. Uh, I'll take two. <laughs> well, yeah, one, one for you, one for the wife. Um, meticulously handcrafted from the finest rare materials. Now, let me just go back to the top of that. Red, gold, and stainless steel. Don't think I don't think either of those are particularly rare, but anyway. Signature is the outstanding elementary expression of Virtue's vision and a passport to a world of possibilities from 24-hour concierge to unique once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So basically, that's what you're, you're getting with this phone. It's not the shitty phone that you're getting for your money. It's this luxury lifestyle that you get with it. But you get these phones in Vegas. And I know what you mean. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that you would only expect to see in a place in somewhere like Vegas where money and class do not meet. <laughs> do they? Let's be honest. We picked up, um, we played, uh, We our friends go to Harrods quite a bit and uh, they said, we play this game called Guess How Much This Costs. And we try and pick something up uh, and guess how much it is, normally around clothing. So we walked through the kids department and there was this military jacket, all right? Now, I had an identical military jacket and always got laughed at for wearing it because I'm not in the Libertines. And um, <laughs> so I don't have it anymore. But they had a kid's version and it was Stella McCartney. So uh, our friends picked it up, knowing that I had this jacket as a laugh. I said, well, guess how much this is? And I think this jacket was for uh, a six-year-old. Okay, it's not a baby, but, you know, child. And it was just a military-style jacket with some, you know, white pipe and everything like that. How much for this jacket? 200 quid. 200 quid, Mr. P-Dubs? I'm going more. I'm going about 400. Oh, really? I come on. that. They, they're just being silly, both of you. It was 180 pounds. But honestly, wow. if you saw this thing, I mean, there was nothing to it. It was the kind of thing you'd expect to pay in Primark for like a tenner. <laughs> it was it was amazing. There was a kid's handbag shaped like a piece of pizza. And that was 200 quid. Just just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Um, but it does it does teach you that money doesn't buy you class. It really wow. doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Harry's is a bit of a strange shop. But anyone that's coming to London, you've got to go to Harry's at least once. Uh, just just because you, it'll blow your mind, I think. It's a little bit like when Michael Jackson went to that shop in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that, documentary. It? Which is still there, actually, isn't it? That shop. It is in the Venetian. Yeah, That's I've it. been there. Yeah, I know they've still. It sells. It just sells everything. You, you'd never go in there and buy anything because there's nothing in there you actually need. Well, no, no, clearly you no. It's, no, it's 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 ludicrous. And they've actually, the last time, the I mean, I've not been for about four years, but um, when I went, there was a sign in the window as like a shrine to Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's still there. Have a video you... on loop of him in it. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right in the other window. Yeah, yeah. so uh, he's clearly still bankrolling him all these years, uh, years afterwards. Oh man, yeah, tacky. Um, but yes, yeah, so we went there. We went to um, the the Disney store on Oxford Street as well. 
Um, went to uh, a few other shops, Freedom Planet, um, which um, you know I think I think a lot of our listeners would would like a shop like Forbidden Planet, which is it's a comic book store essentially, but it sells anything to do with films and TV, really. So if you name it, they, they've probably got something at least one thing for it. Doctor Who. They have got one or two things for Doctor Who, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I do love Forbidden Planet. Yeah, I used to go to Forbidden Planet. Um, it used to be in a different location. Yeah, and really small where you couldn't even swing a cat. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> what, what the one? What the new? The new Oxford Street one? Or do you mean? Yeah. No, the tiny little one that was. Uh, what is it? There's, there's. Oh right, okay, yeah. No, the, the, the yeah, the new Oxford Street one wasn't too bad, um, but yeah. I did outgrow it. Um, but yeah, I mean the one doing now on Shaftesbury Avenue is, is pretty pretty large. Yeah, There's a bit of an urban legend to do with Forbidden Planet, isn't there? Go on. There was, a, well, this is what I've read online. There was two brothers that both started it, and they fell out, and one kept the business, and then the other one started up Forbidden Planet International. You're getting confused with Twix. Um, it's very, very and the factory effort. had two lanes and <laughs> yeah, one one put a caramel chocolate, chocolate with a biscuit in the side, yeah, yeah. with caramel on it. Um, <laughs> you could be right, actually. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the the relationship, but yes, Forbidden Planet was was essentially split into two because I remember I used to go to that one in in London quite a lot with my my old man um, when I was a little nipper. It, we would also go shopping places like Milton Keynes, and Milton Keynes had a Forbidden Planet, but it was it was tiny. It was like a proper comic book shop, i.e., mm. just just a shop rather than this kind of almost mega store type thing. And um, yeah, so at, at some point in the early nineties, they split off. So there's two websites: there's Forbidden Planet and Forbidden Planet International, and they essentially both sell the same stuff at kind of the same price. But it happens quite a lot because. Audi was was like that. Audi was started was by two brothers, and they uh, there was a family rift, and the other brother left and created Lidl, um, and possibly more famously Adidas. The Adidas oh. brothers fell out, and uh, Puma was born. Blimey! Yeah, so it's it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon at all. But yeah, so there are, and some of the shops. Because the signs are very similar as well. So, you know, I, I when I go into Forbidden Planet, I'm not ever, like, wherever I am, because, you know, they're up and down the country. But they are mm. owned by two different sides of the, you know, two different businesses. But I'm never sure which one I'm in. Because everything looks identical. It's very, very strange. Very strange. We've got an, inter- we've got an international in Nottingham. Okay. I'm not sure which one that is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's a London one or not. No, the London one's the it's just the normal planet. Forbidden Planet. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it could be, yeah. But if you like comics and stuff, because to be honest, I went to, I got excited the last time I went to Orlando. I found that um, Orlando, downtown Orlando, had the world's biggest comic shop, and I was like, this has got to be something. And we drove about, I don't know, about about thirty, forty-five minutes from my drive mm-hmm. to get to this comic book shop, and they didn't, they, they weren't wrong. I mean, it probably was the biggest comic book shop in the world. But it was just a bloody big warehouse with lots of open space. Oh. So it was like a big area that's taken up by, you know, where you could play Dungeons and Dragons and, and role playing games. Um, and yeah, so. 
It's a bit like they got the world's biggest McDonald's. It's a bit pointless, isn't it, really? Mm. Anyway, I did get half cut in Forbidden Planet. So that's me drinking some uh, cherry breaks and Mexicals. <laughs> Other drinks are available. But I did end up in Bubba Gumps, of which um, we have one in the UK. Um, much to the surprise of, of Adam, who no doubt would be listening to this episode. Um, we've not had a Bubba Gumps long, considering the chain is, I think, about 21. I'm sure it was 96 it, it opened, the first one. Um, but yes, yeah, so we've not had one in the UK for long, and we've only got, I think we've only got one, haven't we? We don't have another one anywhere. Uh, not that I know of. No. No, London not. was London was definitely the first, and that was only a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. But I don't think they've opened up anymore. Um, but yeah, so I've been drinking Corona Ritas, which is mis- misleading actually, because on the menu it says Solar Rita, because when they first opened, they didn't sell Corona, they only sold Sol. It's the same drink, margarita with a beer stuck in it, but they obviously couldn't call it a Corona Rita if they're not serving Corona. It's, it's, it's actually, you should refer to it as its colloquial name, which is called The Amanda. <laughs> She's not here to correct me. But yeah, well, that's yeah. what we all call it anyway. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, I, was, I was about halfway through the drink before realising there was a Corona stuck in it. As much as I was enjoying it, I didn't even notice the beer was different. But um, yeah, they're very boozy. So I got into a little bit of a food coma. And on the drive home, I've sewed up a little bit, but I'm still a little bit half cut. So hence hence that. Anyway, um, glad everyone's well. Um, I've just announced what I am drinking. Uh, it's not. I'm not drinking a Corona Rita now. I am. I am on a soft drinks because I've got work tomorrow. Uh, but Mr. Ripley, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking, uh, and there's a reason behind this. It is a, a Russian Imperial Stout from a craft brewer um, called Brewdog. Mm. Which, if you've ever been in a Byron's, that's the beer they sell in there. Yes. Um, and the name of the the beer is called Coco Psycho. Okay. Yeah, but there's a reason behind it because my new book is called Psychos. <laughs> cheeky so plug. There was a, yeah, cheeky plug for the new book. You won't like it if you like Disney because it's all about the Psycho films. But interestingly, Alfred Hitchcock, who made the first Psycho film, him and Walt Disney hate each other like passion. Really? Yeah, because I think Walt was a fairly driven serious kind of man and alfred hitchcock just used to take the piss all the time right and he would go around saying stuff like oh i'd love to film a murder in disneyland and all this sort of stuff and and then oh if if walt disney doesn't like his actors he can just screw them up and put them in the bin and stuff like this right so there's quite okay. a lot of banter between the two of them yeah well and it's that it's that um and, and sorry because it's you know this obviously isn't true for everyone but um i think i think we as the UK are known for our sense of humour, especially sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, what we now kind of refer to as banter, which is, you know, being, you know, trying to be a bit derogatory, but in a, in a polite way. Think about how we treat Lee Malaby. <laughs> we love yeah, that's him. Just, that's just bullying. We <laughs> love him, but we also take the piss out of him. That is, you know, kind of banter. Um, and I, and, 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 you know, sometimes I think that goes a little bit over, 
people's heads. Or think of Drax in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know how you know nothing how... goes over his head. <laughs> his reflexes are too good. Um, yeah, maybe a bad example actually. But yeah, so, so maybe that was it. But, but I mean, I'm sure there are people that like Disney and Psycho. Amanda, yeah, probably. Amanda, probably. Amanda likes both. Amanda does. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's probably a, quite a niche. Yeah. I mean, prove me wrong. Message me. Let me know. But um, they won't. You could give away a free copy of the book, and they probably wouldn't even contact you, to be honest. Well, Amazon was giving away a free copy, and they had something like three thousand people apply for it. So what? Yeah. How dare they? Yeah, they do these giveaways on Amazon. You have to answer. You have to. Uh, like on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or something, and then they get entered into a prize draw, basically. Although saying that, that means they've had to have bought the book to give away. So that counts well, as yeah. a sale, doesn't it? Oh, that's good. Okay, fair I get one sale, and then 3,000 people know the book exists, so it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah I suppose that's not, that's not too bad in the grand scheme of things. Um, Mr. P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Really boring, just a lemonade, work in the morning. <laughs> and a run today, so you've been you've been good yeah. boy. Been a good boy. Yeah. You've been very good. I did to, yeah. to be fair, I did walk um nine miles around London shopping, so I think I deserved a few alcoholic beverages to wash it down. And actually, um I've been to a brew dog pub. Have you? Yeah. I don't know how many there are. Where's that? Um there's one in Shoreditch. Because of course, um, uh-huh. and there's one in uh, near Wimbledon Way, Clapham Common. Blimey, what around. have you been doing on Clapham Common? No, I don't. I don't go there myself. I went to Shoreditch, but um, <laughs> there's there's one around that part of the world as well. Um, I think there's I think there's one in Glasgow because that's where they they originate from as well. But yeah, they've got they've got a few bars and they they. You know, of course, mainly sell their own. Oh yeah, uh, they bottles. do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was it's quite nice actually. They had a few pinball machines in there as well, like proper. Um, oh. They had like an Adams Family and uh, what was the other one they had in there? I mean, Adams Family is a classic if you like pinball machines. Um, might have been an Elvis one or something, but uh, who cares? Adams Family, best pinball machine. Anyway, we didn't come here to talk about pinball machines, me getting drunk and walking around London. Uh, we better talk about some Disney news. We're only 20 minutes into the show. Um, but there's been, I'd say, some pretty big news. Um, and I was very eager to try and do a record as, as soon as possible. Um, because there was, and it came out of the blue. I think this is a thing as well. It came out of the blue. Um, there was an announcement made on Friday morning um, mm. that, that basically the Walt Disney Company had uh bought some bought some more shares in uh Euro Disneyland because that's what the holding company is is still called um and they are looking to uh, purchase 95% of remaining shares so just to kind of go back i'm not entirely sure if it was a legal requirement but when Disney first approached um, France with building a theme it park, was. it was a legal requirement. I thought it was. Yeah, it was. Um, that they couldn't, it couldn't be owned outright. So Disney did what they did in in Tokyo, which is what they, you know, kind of they did a, a joint 
um, a, a joint uh, product, which means that they owned a certain percentage and uh, the government would own a certain percentage, which would be put on the stock market, I believe. So it wouldn't be owned outright by the government. It was just to put on the stock market, wasn't it? I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. This pre- you know, it's not because we're lazy. This press release doesn't explain all that kind of stuff. But it's to give you a bit of background. Um, and, I mean, they were hard on selling shares. I mean, they were basically telling people to put their pensions into Disneyland stock because it was going to be doing so well. So people invested heavily before Disneyland, sorry, Euro Disney opened its doors in 1992. Um, that didn't really come to pass. Um, and in 1994, it almost closed, almost went um, bankrupt. And it was pretty much saved by um, a company called Kingdom Holding, who um, is, uh, who was it run by? It was a company that was um, held by a prince in Dubai. And oh really, yeah, this right. was this was kind of before you know. To me, Dubai started to become a, a big thing um, in like the the early to mid two thousands. It kind of went for a massive growth spurt, didn't it? Like financially, everything was being built in Dubai, and then and then obviously the the market crashed again. But um, but yes, yeah, so they they um, bought shares in Disneyland Paris to kind of keep it afloat effectively. And over the years there have been quite a few um, financial troubles with you know, Disneyland Paris. I think it's safe to say. Um, it's hardly turned a profit. Which is actually quite weird really when you think something is as, as busy as it is. I mean it's the most visited tourist destination in uh, or like theme park in Europe. Mm. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think it's it's once made a profit, or a couple of times it might have just made uh, a profit. But the, the thing is, it's like the Channel Tunnel um, that only just made a profit about was it a year ago, two years ago? Yeah. Um, and that's probably slightly older than Disneyland Paris, isn't it? So no, well. These the, things take a long time to the, get the some money back, don't they? Eurostar didn't start until I think it was ninety four, ninety five. Oh, okay. Because the first year, so when Disneyland Paris first opened, the only way to get there was by ferry or plane. Oh, okay. It just took ages to build, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was like late eighties that started. But yeah, I think it was ninety four. I went in ninety five for the first time on Eurostar, but I'm not sure. If it was ninety, it might be ninety three, but it was definitely like it was after ninety two that it opened. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. And of course, over the years, um, they have um, changed how the shares operate and they've consolidated and and resold. And you know, people have you know who'd invested you know thousands uh, of uh, of pounds back in the day were seeing their shares going down to just a few pounds each. And in fact, I invested in two thousand and nine i think or ten um and i, mm-hmm. I bought 100 shares for i think i was paying about 550 um now as of thursday when the market closed that day they were worth 98 cents 
which wasn't a massive change to be honest over the last year because I mean it's gradually kind of been going down and it, it hovers somewhere around the um, somewhere between one and I'd say one thirty on average. It's probably probably the average over the year. So it was nothing, you know, that wasn't kind of alarming or anything like that. But um, needless to say, they they bought out of the ten percent that uh, Kingdom holding company owned in Disneyland Paris's shares. In fact, I think they were the single largest minority holder. Yeah. Um, they bought 9% um, at, at €2 Euros a share. So they offered them essentially double what the going rate was that day. Um, now, if Disney buy 95% of Disneyland Paris shares, which is what they are aiming to do, um, then they will have to buy the remaining 5%. So it will mean that Disneyland Paris will be wholly owned by the Walt Disney Company. And essentially write off almost £2 billion pounds worth of debt that they're still in by doing so. Which is what? Another Star Wars film? <laughs> you know? You know, two billion sounds like a lot of money, but they'll recuperate that cost quite quickly. Um, so, so that's that's kind of what's happened. Now, this has to be, you know, because of the severity of it, it has to go through certain legal proceedings. There's already a case at the moment where some minority shareholders have put a case, a court case, against the Walt Disney Company because of what they feel is. Um, how did they describe it? Um, miss miss selling of um, not IPs, but uh, basically they Disneyland Paris use a lot of things under license because it's not wholly owned by Disney, so they have to pay like a licensing fee. Uh-huh. And this is why, um, and we talked about it ages ago, but this is why a lot of the hotels aren't themed. So now, like the Santa Fe is themed to cars and the Cheyenne is is um, mostly now themed to Toy Story it's, it's in the final stages um, but in Disney World like a lot of the hotels are themed or they so have things around if Disney's the majority shareholder mm. they would obviously approve these deals yes could they not effectively charge whatever they like for these license fees and this is what the court case is about because essentially gotcha. You know, these people that brought the case forward have have said Disney having the rights to do this means that they've been overcharging uh, Euro Disney uh, or Disneyland Paris, um, depending on, on, on which part it's actually affecting, um, which in turn has caused them to not make a profit. Right. Because they're paying so much in, yeah. in licensing fees. So, you know, that's that's quite complex and that'll be going on for a while anyway. So this is something different. So, first of all, this has to go through, like, for financial approval. Until that point, at the moment, you don't have to do anything. But um, if this goes through, this will mean that Disney will offer the same as they did to Kingdom Holdings, which is two euros per share. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you've doubled what the share price was worth at that time. Which is not bad. But what you will do if this obviously happens is that, and uh, uh, one of the reasons why a lot of people do buy shares, not the only reason, 
you know, I, you know, some people it may be, but I don't think everyone's can be tarnished on the same brush. You get a shareholders card. Now, when I was saying earlier on that I couldn't get a discount in Harrods, I have a shareholders card because you, if you own so much uh, stock, so many shares in in Disney, you can get a shareholders card. It used to be a hundred shares. It then went up to I think two hundred or two twenty, something around that kind of figure. Um, I have two 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 because I like the evenness of it, and that gives you ten percent off in in Disney stores in the UK. And it gives you various discounts on bits and pieces in Disneyland Paris. So that would go. Um, Salon Mickey, which is a private um, members area, again, open to people that have a shareholders card, where you can go in the morning, it's, it's um, to, the, to the right of the, the park and can basically be used as an alternative entrance. You go in and it's very, uh, look, looks like um, what would have been a room in, in Walt's house, probably in the, the early uh, 40s or 50s, and you can have a drink in there. They offer food, but you very rarely get food. It's normally like a, uh, a pastry, like a croissant or a cookie. I don't normally have too many of those, but you can have like a water or a coffee or a tea or orange juice and just have a bit of chill-out time before you get into the park. That will probably go. Um, to me, I think the biggest thing is that if Disney do take full ownership is it does mean, I think, prices will go up. Oh, yeah. Now, some people, um, Mark, Peter, if you're listening, I'm talking to you, would argue that Disney putting up the price, especially with things like annual passes, um, should have been done years ago. Um, because, you know, they need to make more money. And it, the, the annual passes were extremely cheap compared to other Disney parks. Of course, the flip side to that is that if you raise ticket prices too highly, that's going to probably have a negative effect on the amount of people that go. I think. And I know they're trying to make, especially in America, they're trying to make Disney a... Um, is it an ex- it's not an exotic destination, is it? Um, but what are they... They're trying to appeal to a, um, a higher class of clientele, I think, is, is how they describe it. So, you know, that's one way of weeding people out that you, you know, don't want to be there as much, is by putting the prices up. Um, but for somewhere that's struggling with, you know, in their opinion anyway, struggling with financial numbers anyway, does it make sense to raise ticket prices too much? You know, would you want half of the attendance, but at double the ticket price? I don't know. Well, it's, it's a tricky one. I mean, they definitely get the footfall, don't they? So mm. the fact that it, it doesn't make money shows that, you know, they've got to be doing, they've got to look across the board, haven't they, at what they're mm. actually giving people and see where they've got any, uh, you know, gaps that they need to obviously be more commercial about, that's for sure. Yeah. For a start, they need to uh, work on the car park that's next door. Known as the studios. <laughs> I was going to say the <laughs> studios. It's it's not really a theme park though, is it? It's like an annex to the main park. <laughs> yeah, it's very much an afterthought. Let's you know. Again, I think it's it's quite well documented that you know that park was supposed to be MGM Europe, and it was supposed to open in 1995. In fact, 
I've been watching it on YouTube because it's it is so glorious. Um, you can find on YouTube, and I remember watching it at the time, um, a live special from the opening of uh, Euro Disney on the Saturday night. It opened on the Sunday, opened on the 12th of April, but it was a Saturday night before, uh, and it had a star-studded cast. Uh, Gloria Estefan, I believe, did a live performance. I watched it a few weeks ago. Um, and it was hosted by the Dream Team, as I called them, of uh, Pat Sharp and Matthew Kelly. Wow. At, at their hair prime. I'm talking perms <laughs> and mullets. I mean, it's it's absolutely stunning. Um, never has something in the 90s looked more 80s than that, than that show, let me tell you. Um, but one part of the show, they talk about the future. And uh, one of the things you can see is a map which they actually sold just after opening day as well. So it was available mm-hmm. for a few years that had on it um, the Little Mermaid Adventure Ride which, of course, never came to pass, and, in fact, only came to pass in, in Disney World a lot later than um, than that. Um, and also what looks to be uh, another Indiana Jones ride behind the Temple of Peril that opened up, which would most likely be the Indiana Jones adventure. That never happened. Can I, can I ask a question? You may. I might not be if... able to answer it. Well, I, yeah, I think you will. If if Disney is now changing the deal that it has essentially with the shareholders and the French government, right. part of that original deal, I believe, was that they had a clear calendar of this must happen then, then you must build the train station, then you must build X number of hotels, then you must do this, then you've got to have a second gate. I'm sure that conversation said they had to build a third gate at some point. If, so if they change the deal, will they change? Will they renege on a third gate? That's a very, very good point, and I think anything that happens like that would probably have to be negotiated. Anyway, I, I think that would be the case, and I'm almost certain because um, I went. I managed another another perk of being a shareholder was that you could um, get invited to a shareholders meeting. Mm-hmm. Normally, they'd be ha- they'd happen in. Uh, Disneyland Paris and would normally be in French so you'd only really be able to get to go if one you could get you know you work for someone that would pay for your travel to get there um, and and translate it or um, you would just you just happen to be going there at the same time and you could get a ticket but um, there was one in London a few years ago um, 2012 maybe I think something around that time and I managed to go to that, and I'm pretty sure it was 2022. Wow. They had to have a third gate. Um, yeah, actually, it was, because it was the... It was either 2012 or 2013, because it was just after the, 25th, the 20th anniversary. Excuse me. Just after the 20th anniversary. So, it must have been around that time. Um, so, yeah, so they, they said they had a while to go before that third gate, and, of course, um, they, they were opening this year that uh, Village Natures which is like the Centre Parks place oh yeah down the road so um, which I don't think was in the original agreement but um, that would I think, count though wouldn't it I think they were trying to get that to count as the third gate but I don't think they'd be successful with that if I'm, if I'm <laughs> honest so I don't, I don't think it counts but there was no kind of um, inclination of what that third gate would be um, you know, they they said that you know Marvel had been considered because you know the question had been asked earlier on in that meeting if there was anything Marvel coming to the park because obviously we knew that 
when you're in a Disney World situation um, and nothing, no, you know, no rides were planned at other parks, but I think they just launched a meet and greet with Thor at the time in Disneyland. Um, and so, like, we asked if, you know, because the studio had basically bugger all in it, if that would be prime for, like, a Marvel mm. ride, and they said no plans as yet. Um, so they, they kind of hinted it could there's be a, There's an article game. on the Telegraph. Mm. Well, there's an article on the Telegraph that confirms that, that says that um, the Telegraph received information that they were thinking of building a Marvel superhero theme park by 2022. There you go. That's not bad, um, is it? I'll tell you what, I'm half cut. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't actually pretend that I'm a Disney historian, and yet I've pulled that out of my ass without looking anything up. So I think that's wow. pretty good. Um, Let's call you the Jim Hill of uh, Diz <laughs> After Dark, shall we? Well, I think Jim Hill's the Jim Hill of Diz After Dark. But uh, <laughs> let's just call me Nick. Um, but, I mean, it would make sense, I think. I mean, especially with the rate at, at how popular the Marvel films have been, other than Captain America, which, as we've discussed previously, doesn't go down very well in France. But the other, the other superhero films do. Um, and they'd have no ties. That's the other thing. There's literally no ties. No, nowhere in Europe has got a Marvel uh, theme park attraction. Ah, Madame Tussauds has. Well, a... Dubai does. Yeah, I said Europe though. Yeah, I know you said Europe, but yeah. Dubai, which is only a short flight away, does have, and it's only just opened a new Marvel superheroes island. Yes. Yeah, where's it open? So, do you reckon oh. that was an old Marvel deal or a Disney Marvel deal? Um. Well, there was... Do you know what we need on this podcast? We need a Marvel superheroes expert. (laughs) (laughs) If only we had Craig's not here. (laughs) 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 To be fair, though, I think theme parks is a little... You know, it's not the same as as, uh, the cinematic or TV universe. But I do remember... Um, and again, this is when this is when the financial crisis happened. So uh, at one point there was about four or five theme parks in Dubai that were going to be opened. One of them was Universal Studios, which they started to build. Well, they they put a sign up. They built the arch. They <laughs> yeah. built. They, they, there was a sign up, um, and they started groundwork. And there was. Um, I saw some uh, concept artwork for a King Kong roller coaster. This was before the King Kong attraction in Hollywood burned down. Um, and it was going to be like a like Dueling Dragons type coaster. Um, but yeah, other than the arch and, uh, and a road sign, I think that was about it. I don't think it ever went anywhere. And there was a few different projects on at the same time, different... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think the only one that didn't have its finger in that pie was Disney. I think there'd been discussion, but they were a little bit more apprehensive. Whilst DreamWorks was going to have a park, Universal was going to have a park, Ferrari were going to have a park, although they did. Um, and there was a couple of others. Screamscape was a good source for that information. I don't know if they had that archived. I think Disney and more also had quite a bit of concept art for it. But yeah, at one point, Dubai looked like it was going to be like a theme park capital of the world. <laughs> and then it just it just all kind of faded away. So there was definitely Marvel... Um, there was definitely Marvel attractions going to be in Dubai, but I'm not sure 
if this if what's opened up in Dubai was part of that original deal which was pre-Disney um, or you know if, if this was something that was cut afterwards well a little plug we've uh, we've actually got Jim Hill on strike next month talk about some of the deals. so we'll we'll ask him um yeah. if there's anything in that deal yeah we've we've got a recording with him at the end of next month so i know what he'll uh, say he'll gosh. say well here's the thing <laughs> it is it is jim's catchphrase as yours is hello <laughs> yeah to be, to be fair uh, <laughs> but um yeah so uh, yeah, I mean, other than uh, Madame, I said Madame Two Swords. I don't even know if it still has it, but it had a Marvel film and a Marvel section in Madame Two Swords in London. But other than that, I don't think there's any other Marvel attractions in Europe. Not that I'm aware of. No, can't think of any. I think there's a, still a Police Academy stunt show in Germany. What? Shut the front door now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Warner Brother world in, in Germany still has, uh, still has a police academy show. I just watched City Under Siege. I kid you not. Ha! Oh, when Michael Winslow pretends he's a robot. Love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw him in London a few years ago. Do a 50-minute yeah. set. He was brilliant. Love that guy. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, back to still. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting. So, basically, the announcement is that Disney want to buy the shares. That's the announcement. And they're going to put the, the same deal on the table, which is two euros a share. That's what they want to do. If they can buy 95%, they will have to buy everything else. Now, I don't... As I said, like, the thing is, and Chris, you kind of confirmed it there, you know, the deal was... French government, there was a legal reason why this couldn't happen. They like, didn't want American be... companies coming in, did they? Yeah. So, unless they're willing to bend the rules, or the law has changed, which it, it could have done already, I don't know. Because um, I think they've become more relaxed over <laughs> over recent years about um, about American companies coming in. Well, there was... There was I was um, now, I've got this from a French guy, so this isn't an official source, but this was somebody from France that I work with, um, and he still lives in France. And um, we were talking, I think, I can't remember if we were talking about Disneyland Paris that day or whatever, but we were talking about how, you know, American culture in France and everything like that. And he said that until recently, France was the biggest consumer of McDonald's outside of America. That's, that's the biggest how, what? The biggest consumer of McDonald's outside of America. Oh, wow! Which is which is big when you think about it. Because I mean, France is not a big country. You know, you know, France is is a not much. Is it bigger than England? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not massive by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I mean, it's it's certainly not a huge country in comparison. But yeah. So, um, you know, I think over the years that's kind of um, defrosted a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what I mean. So, you know, as I said this has to go in front of, um, I think it's called the AMF, not to be confused with the KLF, which is something completely different. Um, so this is not a done deal. And 
you know, it's, it's not compulsory. It's only compulsory if they get to 95%. Um, and I'm a bit torn, if I'm honest. On the one hand, uh, so, right, so the other thing as well, so shares after this announcement, shares on Friday closed at, uh, at, at 2 euros. So there was a massive spike that morning. It went up to about 209, tail off to two to back to two euros. So if I cash in my shares now, I will get, you know, if it stays as it will, as it did on Friday, and I'm sure it'll probably stay around that figure, two euros, which is double what I would have got the day before if I sold them. But I'm not entirely sure that I want to sell them to Disney because. I, you know, when I bought my shares, yes, one, it was so I could get some good benefits. That was great. But I also saw it, and I've invested more as well over the years, because I saw it as helping Disney out in a very small way. My my investment of, like, I, I don't know, in total, probably about four or 500 quid, is not going to make a massive difference. I know that. But you feel that you are supporting that company. And I go as well. It's not like that's the only thing I do. I also go to the parks, and I probably go to the parks more because of that as well. So, so if they buy it and everyone votes that they can buy it, then your shares automatically sell to Disney. Am I right? It, they have to get to ninety-five percent. So at the moment, so so them buying this nine percent has given them. Let's uh, let me tell you. Uh, what was their share? I think it was 85%. Wow. 85.7. So before this, I had 76.7%. Now, after buying that 9% uh, stake from Kingdom Holdings, it's gone up to 85.7. Wow, they're getting there then. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean. Like, you know, slowly but surely. They, they're being they bought the prints out, so. He's still got 1%. Oh, okay. He's okay. still got so they only bought nine percent of his shares, so gotcha. he still owns one percent. So, um, yeah, so they own eighty-five point seven. So they need just under ten percent of people to sell their shares. And if they do that, uh, which which I don't know how many shares that is, so you know I, I can't I can't speculate for that. But if they do, they'll have to buy the remaining. Now, the question is, and I've never been in this situation, I don't know what happens next. Do I sell my shares now at two euros, even though I don't want to, thinking that Disney are going to get their, you know, meet the 95% threshold and then have to buy the other shares? Um, and then anyone that doesn't sell their shares before that point gets offered 70p a share or something. Or no, 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 is no. It gets, does it get to 95%? And Disney go right, or like ninety four percent, and then Disney go right. We'll offer you ten euros a share. I don't, I don't know how it works. I've got no idea. I think they would get more desperate because more people would buy, and the share price would go up. But I, I would say to you, you should ring them up now and say, "Listen, Disney, this is Nick Branch you're talking to here. You're not just talking to any old Joe. Yeah, own shit. I'm not. I'm not. And I want DVC. I want." I want an annual pass, one of those premium ones, so I can go to Disneyland and Florida, and send Walt's private jet over to pick me up. <laughs> Only this is enough stock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that's it. I mean, I, I'm quite reluctant to sell, and I don't. You know, I think I want to hold on to them. 
Um, and in, you know, even they, even they turned around and said, "All right, well, in the shareholders' club, fine." That's not it for me. It was it was me having a, a small part of Disney. But why do they even want to buy all the shares? Because if they own it outright, so right, so the park is two billion in debt, or, or coming up to two billion in debt. If they own it, they own the debt. They can clear that debt. By clearing that debt, that company then can make a profit. And then they're and in control. If they get the main company to clear the debt, that will reduce the amount of tax they pay on their profits in America. Exactly. Genius. Genius. And then they said they're in complete control. So. Right, annual pass is how much? 230 euros, 500 euros. You know, whatever whatever they want to do, they can just do what they like because it's their company then. Wow. But at the same time, you would hope that with increased ticket prices also gives increased uh, productivity uh, and increased changes. So, you know, one thing I think anyone that's been to Disneyland Paris before will say, depending on when they go, it's the most beautiful Disney park, or I can't believe how much stuff needs repairing, or I can't believe how, <laughs> how tatty things look because the main yeah. is, is down. So, and and that's it. You know, people either think it's it's stunning, and, I, and I've I've seen it in both instances, so I know how bad it can get, um, and I also know how beautiful that park can be. But when the park gets those kind of things, so like the 20th anniversary, they got a big cash injection from the Disney company to do that. Well, if Disney own it outright, you want to build a new ride? How much? Yeah, we'll sub that. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's none of this kind of begging cap in hand that we want to do stuff anymore because it'll be theirs to do it with. Why can't they do this anyway if they're the majority shareholder? Well, again, it must be something to do with the, the French law. Because I said it's going to because... get 95%. So, you know, there must be a limit to what they can. You know, you may be the majority shareholder, so you might be able to make decisions and, and, and everything like that, but mm. you still need to have a certain amount to actually be able to own it. I don't know, you're right. I mean, the thing is, you would think, mm. you know, if you've got the majority, you have all the say and everything like that. Um, at the same time, you don't get things like I've never been asked as a shareholder for Disneyland Paris who I want the next uh, chairperson to be or the next manager mm. of the park to be. Do you know what I mean? Which, as a, and I'm a Walt Disney shareholder as well. Also, I'm a, I'm a, a Disney company shareholder. I get the opportunity to vote in shareholder discussions. So, I could, like the last time it came out, I could vote for Bob Iger to remain. Uh, as as head of, of of that, so you don't get those kind of decisions. So you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just how uh, France do things. I'm not entirely sure. All I know is is that the official rule is 95%. You then have to buy out everyone else. Does that English lady still run the park over there? Yes, Catherine. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Catherine hasn't got in touch with us actually to come on the show to be a guest. So I don't. I don't remember her saying. She that. listens though, doesn't she? She better, um, and if and if so, you, you know you know how to contact me. But um, yeah, I think it's Catherine Powell actually. That's it. Yeah, Catherine Powell. Yeah. So lovely lady by all accounts. Uh, please come on. Don't go on dedicated DLP. Um, so it's 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 an interesting time. It's an interesting time. Very interesting time to be a shareholder. If you're a shareholder, um, 
and very interesting if you are a fan of Disneyland Paris because it's going to have big who, repercussions. I tell you, who never came back to us. That flaming Aussie that flamed us. He didn't, did he? Flaming Mo. Uh, he bloody he came on saying, "Oh, Disney's rubbish." You know, Disney blah 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 blah. Yeah. Messaged him for a comment to come on. Nothing. No. Yeah, you're flaming galah, mate. <laughs> flaming galah. And they are annoying them galahs. So yeah, they are. They're, they're bloody annoying. Um. Hey, Diz After Dark listeners, I want to invite you all to join us over on Scarezone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Scarezone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hotty, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to Scarezone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on Scarezone. So yeah, so that was that was a that was a big story, um, which is good actually because it's taken up almost the entire show. Um, but that, although to be fair, twenty minutes of that was me rambling drunkenly. So, um, but yeah, so obviously we'll we'll kind of keep you posted as to when you know that story develops. But you know, I think that's one of the biggest stories for a long time. I really do. And so I'm glad your silence agrees with me. Um, that's, that's a, that's a very good question, Chris. Um, Paul, there's, I mean, that's, that's big news, obviously. Yeah. You've also got some big news as well. Yeah. Uh, opening dates. Opening dates! Opening dates galore. Um, first of all, we'll, we'll go for the, uh, the one that Disney have decided to stick up against Volcano Bay. Um, Pandora. Finally, the Smurfs are coming. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Hang on, wasn't she Adrian Mole's love uh, intro? <laughs> yeah, they've done, they done a whole land to Adrian Mole. <laughs> it might do better than this, you never know. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather see one, actually. 27th of May, finally, we have an opening date, an official opening date. Um, but there's there's talk that they're obviously they're going to have soft openings earlier on in the month. Um, which does happen I believe yeah I believe staff have been told they're not allowed time off over a certain week um, because they're going to be doing soft openings and and things like that so so all those cast members that wanted some holiday in May aren't going to get it wow but um, yeah so that that was the first release date I know we've been waiting on bated breath for that release date Um, and then um Sorry, just one second, because it's saying it's always troubled me, and I don't know. This is a genuine question. How do you wait on bated breath? And what is bated breath? God knows. No No idea. Bloody English language. No wonder Americans speak Americanese. Sorry, carry on. Um, And then I think the one that we we're all looking forward to after. Jim had commented that we probably wouldn't get both lands in the same year. Uh, Disney actually went ahead and confirmed that we will get Star Wars land in both California and Walt Disney World at, well, not at the same time. They haven't confirmed that, but during the same calendar year in 2019. Disneyland's meant to get theirs first, aren't they? 
Yeah, but the, what Jim said was they expected that to open 2019. Well, Disney World would get it the following year, but they've changed their mind. Ooh. <laughs> and it's both in the same year now. So this is Disney's equivalent of rubbing its head and patting its stomach or <laughs> yeah. patting its but head and rubbing its stomach, whatever. I was told, and this is just, I don't know if this is true, but builders in Florida are not as good as builders in California. Oh, that's fine talk. That, that's oh, fine talk. That's you're going to rough as you are. There's more big companies in California doing more big projects. So there's more of them. Whereas in Florida, they're much more specialists, much more. And also the ground is swampy and it's difficult to work in. And Universal have stolen that, all the best workers. Or Universal have stolen the best. Yeah, exactly. That's why I heard <laughs> that California workers are all building a, a giant wall for somebody at the moment. <laughs> just they're not paying for it <laughs> well, well, actually, actually what we'll do is we'll pay for it now but then you have to you have to pay it back I feel like it's a new rule yeah. Yeah. well maybe that's Disney's mantra we all got to have 25% increase on ticket prices so we get new attractions well yeah that, that leads to we'll, we'll talk about that story in a little bit actually that's a good point but um, <laughs> so I, I didn't realise actually when they announced that date for that Pandora I didn't realise um, my ignorance uh, because I just don't care that it was the same uh, opening as Volcano Bay literally days wow. between them wow that's, uh, wow is that, it's, so which one officially is if the dates are true which one is first Volcano Bay. Okay, by a few days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's still going to be really interesting how how this goes because I mean, I, as you said, I think we're all extremely excited about Star Wars Land on this show at least. Um, but Pandora's a little bit, um, bit a little bit more um, interesting. Um, well, they have sex with their tails. Are we talking about Smurfs again, or the Smurfs? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the Smurfs. Um, I mean, did you see? I saw a very short clip of um, an aerial. I don't know if it was a drone or, or a helicopter that had flown over Pandora. Um, yeah, you could see some of the floating mountains and, yeah. and things like that. I mean, it does look good. But on the other hand, it's, it's about Avatar. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's if like... only they'd waited. They could have done like, what's the Ewok planet? Oh, Endor. Absolutely. Endor? Yeah, absolutely. Endor. Absolutely. All day oh. long. But the thing is, you know, me saying that about Pandora is a bit like saying, look, you know, in, a, in an art gallery, look at that painting. That's really lovely. And then seeing oh, artists Adolf Hitler. Do you know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> it's it's just one of those things that you know, good idea, bad idea. How it's... is that a good bad? <laughs> Adolf and Hitler. And I'm, and I'm half cut. But what I mean is, is that like you know, Pandora looks great, but it's still Avatar. Okay, I'll give you a comparison. Yeah. Universal decided to make the King Kong ride. They got it all into production. They were starting to build it, and then Universal decided to start doing Jurassic World. And that expansion pad it was built on was for Jurassic Park. 
So a lot of them were saying, oh, God, I wish we'd waited. We could have done a Jurassic World ride. Is that true? Well, mm. I mean, that doesn't... I know I know this is um, Universal Dark Talk now, but um, I can't get my head around the fact that Universal decides before Jurassic World was like the second biggest film of the year. Um, they decided to, to do the King Kong ride, which is great, but then decided, yeah, that King Kong film that we're making, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, that, that was weird. That didn't make sense to me. That seemed really weird, because that's, that's corporate synergy right there. I think the problem with Universal is it's not the small firm it used to be. Since it got bought out, yeah, I mean it's very comparable in size to Disney now. I think, mm. particularly at sort of corporate level. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose the decision to for King Kong to not be a Universal, oh sorry, Kong of Skull Island, for that to not be a Universal release was not down to the theme park. That would be down to the the movie studio. So they probably mm. wouldn't have much say with that. Yeah, but um, still, still another decision. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it you know it, it looks good, and I can't wait to see people's videos from it, and you know it does look like they've thrown a lot of money at it. Does anyone know? I, I and I'm not sure who said it, but I remember hearing on a podcast that I wasn't on. Um, I think a lot of people listen to this week's episode. I wish that was more podcast, to be honest. Um, that Avatar is actually so, so. I thought Avatar was was a, a complete Disney thing. But apparently, it's actually um, a joint ownership with with uh, James Cameron's company in in finances. What the the, the land or the yeah. film? The, no, 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 film. Uh, sorry, sorry, the land. Hmm. Don't know. I believe it is. So yeah. he would get a. It is, is it? So he'd get a yeah, bit of the I gate believe money. So. I'm guessing it depends on what the deal they've done. Hmm. Hmm. I would imagine he's going to get a huge cut of merchandise and food sales and things like that. Did you see how many action figures they sold for Avatar? <laughs> well, we, we how much talking, money do you need money. when you spend every weekend in the Mariana Tran- Trench all the time? Uh, those submarine voyages aren't cheap. <laughs> you can't buy a lot down there, though, can you? <laughs> you can't buy a lot down there, no. <laughs> what do you see today, Jim? Fish! <laughs> Beast, <Lots> of... <laughs> Beast stories are fucking fascinating, I tell you. Um, Megalodon. <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, good news, everybody. Um, unrelated note: Sharknado Five is set in England. Good times. What? Um, <laughs> we need to get that roller skating exec on. Do you remember that? Doing it now. So I just lost you for a second. Do you remember that roller skating exec we was going to have on? <laughs> no. Yeah, we was yes. going to... We was gonna from have, Sharknado. Yeah. Well, uh, no, from... Um, was it the Asylum? Is that what they're called? Yeah. It was the production company, wasn't it, that made those films? Yeah. 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 Apparently he roller skates around the office, but he'd, he'd only phone us, he wouldn't Skype us. Yeah, maybe we should get back in touch. Um... Anyway, so that's so we've got a, a confirmed date for Pandora, and I mean I think the the good good bad news about Star Wars is it's about two years earlier than I was expecting, which means I've got that less time to try and actually get the money together to go. Yeah. <laughs> be well, sell them shares, you'll have a good start. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'll d- be able to dine out on them. At this rate, <laughs> and going into another story, 
I won't be able to afford a bloody ticket to get into Disney World. It's gone up, mate. Yeah. Was it, Again. Was it, was it today? So we're recording this on, on, on uh, the Sunday, Sunday the 12th. Was it today they, they went up in price? Yes. I think. And I I'm, I was told today, I'm not sure how accurate their source was, but is it $128 now for a day ticket to the Magic Kingdom? It is only the day tickets that have gone up, isn't it, and the annual passes? Yeah. Everything else hasn't gone up, so multiple day tickets are still the same price. Which doesn't make sense. Like, you know, surely the whole point of... Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much an annual pass is now for, for Walt Disney World. But, I mean, they were certainly a lot more... Did they start at, like, $500 or something? I think they're more than that. I think they're over 600 now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, like, the starting prices were a lot, um, a lot more expensive than... Disneyland Paris but you know I hate that comparison because you get a lot more for your money with a Walt Disney World's annual pass yeah this is why it always makes me laugh because Disneyland's annual pass is actually more expensive than a Disney World one <laughs> and you got two gates <laughs> yeah because I've looked because our next trip I'm planning on in fact it'll be talking of Star Wars Land it'll be just after that's opened but then I'm planning on going back to do Marathon Weekend. Yep. So I was looking at annual passes because I was going to upgrade once to go. And um, I was looking at doing the full package because we're planning on going to California at the end of 2020. And the joint, joint annual pass is ridiculous. It's something like fourteen uh, $1,400. Say what? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that's not happening. I'm just going to buy a normal ticket for California. <laughs> Jesus. Because I know that the trackers have been out to California a couple of times, and they said it wasn't worth upgrading their, their annual passes in Orlando to a, to a joint one. Yeah. They said it was still cheaper just to buy week week's worth of tickets. So, I mean, at the moment, um, or, or, or very soon, um, WrestleMania is taking place in Orlando. Um, yeah. And I'm quite active on a wrestling forum, and, and because of that, I actually created a, a, a thing about um, about Disney World and, and, and you know theme parks in general. And a lot of people are going to WrestleMania, and so said, um, "Can anyone help me find a website where I can buy day tickets in advance to get into Disney parks? Because I probably only want to go for three or four days. Because generally, if you're going to WrestleMania, you're probably going out for like a week." WrestleMania weekend takes up probably about three or four days, depending on what you're actually going to be doing, because it's things all weekend long. So depending on what you want to buy tickets for, um, and so I want to spend the remaining days at Disney. And I said, to be honest, you're probably better off just buying an annual pass. Uh, sorry, not an annual pass, but one of the the seven or fourteen day passes. Yeah, you'll probably end up being cheaper then. And I think I, I can't remember much he was being quoted, but. Yeah, there, there was a deal on at the moment for a 14-day pass, and it actually worked out cheaper than buying a four-day pass. Yeah. So it's like, I know it's stupid just, that sounds, but, you know. Yeah. I've just looked at the annual passes, the, the Walt Disney World annual passes, and now just under $800. Jesus. And is that no or blackouts, you, or... Uh, no blackouts? I think so. That's the one. I don't think they have blackouts in, in Florida. Um but it depends. That doesn't give you access to 
the water parks, the cheaper one. Right, so that just gives you access to the four main gates. Yeah. Okay. And no Disney Quest. <laughs> yeah. No mention of Disney Quest at all. Well, actually, hey, I, don't, I think that was... Taken. got NBA City coming soon, haven't you? Boom! <laughs> um, I don't think, actually, saying that, I don't think the American um, annual pass... Well, or the, or the American tickets have actually had Disney Quest on for a while. Um, the no. UK tickets definitely did. But I don't think that's been part of the package for a while now. Which could be another reason why attendance started to drop. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I mean, there is a there is a rumor going around that Disney Quest building NBA are only going to occupy half of it. By the way, which which is what I which is what I thought the other day. Mm, just be, just because the, the size of it, not not because yeah, not because I actually knew anything, just because of the size of it. I see because oh, it's a big building. It is. It's a big building. Mm. Mm, that's that's interesting. I wonder who else they could get to fit in that building. Oh, they'll just put another shop in there. I'm sure. Who take with Marvel though? Well, why? How come when Steve Jobs' widow is the biggest shareholder in Disney, why haven't they got an Apple store in the Springs yet? Yeah, a nice big Apple store. What's the situation with Apple stores in Florida? Like, is there one Um, in Orlando Mall or? There's one in the uh, no Orlando Mall. The uh, has got a Microsoft store, I believe. (laughs) Might might have an Apple store. I hope it's as busy as the one in the Vegas uh, fashion. (laughs) Fashion but Millennia has definitely got Mall of Millennia. That's definitely got a Apple store. Mm. I mean, Apple just seems to be popular anyway. I don't see how having more than one within like a certain radius a radius would have too much of a negative effect anyway. And I mean, yeah. you could have, you know, f- just for example, you could have that one in in Disney Springs to be like um, the Regent Street one. So that that's obviously very specific. I'll explain. So the Regent Street Apple stores on two levels. Um, it also has an area where they do um, Apple sessions. So that could be where somebody does a musical performance, or uh, could be where somebody's interviews. That's where I saw Ty Burrell. Oh, my man uh, crush. Both are man crush. I'm not yeah, sure. I've, if I met, like... I've met him, and the man is. I was just going to get down and go. I'm not worthy, not worthy. Which is quite funny because if you know if that was Craig in that situation, he would get down and probably do something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Craig. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, you know, there's a there's a like a bit of a performance space up there as well. So it's not just you know selling Apple products and everything like that. So they could probably do can I like tell that. you? Can I tell you a funny story about Ty Burrell? Please do. I do. Um, our good friend Gary, that Florida guy. Aye. Shout out to Gary. Because Gary's got a new podcast, by the way. So shout out to Gary and his new podcast. Say what? Yeah, he has. This isn't the story, but this is just a, a plug for him. It's brand new, and it is called... Uh, I think it's called The the Bro Vision. The Bro so Vision. Him, yeah, Bro Vision. It's him and some other people that are all Florida people, all talking about bro stuff. So anyway, anyway, Gary said to me, he's a big football fan, he said... Uh, me and Amanda have to choose American football teams to, to support. So he said, you have to go away and do some research and choose a team. So I just Googled Ty Burrell supports which football team? <laughs> LA Rams. I do. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a poor choice. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a Rams fan now. Why not? 
that's a Rambo. That's, to be honest, because I I'm an, uh, a Patriots fan, and the only reason oh you would be yeah, but so, so exactly this is my point. So the only reason is because the first game, um, the first American football game I ever bought was Madden '64 on the Nintendo '64, not in the year 1964. Okay. Before any of you gets say I'm that old, um, and at that time the Green Bay Packers were the team. Yeah, they were oh, winning yeah. everything. So I thought, oh, well, that must be quite a good team. But the first time I ever watched a Super Bowl um, was the New England Patriots in 2007. And I can't remember who they were playing. And I literally knew nothing. I, I knew nothing about either of the teams. The last team I knew anything about was the Green Bay Packers. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, well, New England's got England in the title. I'll go with them. And then... When I was watching the game, when I saw, when the game gets off, there was a player called uh, Dion Branch. I was like, well, that's a sign. And his shirt number was 83, the year I was born. Blimey. I was like, well, come on, if that's not a sign. And then that's a sign. They, then they smashed it. So I was like, well, I made a good choice. I, it was only later I found out how everyone hates the doing the Patriots. <laughs> but, I, but I had no idea. So that, because that was how I chose my team. Um which I think is a, a, a fairly reasonable way. I, of, I think that's of a pretty it. good yeah. better than mine. I think. Yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, if I was in that situation, I'd have probably done the same thing. <laughs> Just kind, no kind one else would do it. It kind of reminds me when you say old. Oh, I went to my uh, local cinema that I haven't been to for a long time, and it's quite run down. But it's one of them really old-fashioned cinemas. Yep. And I don't know if I told you this story, but um, I was buying the tickets, and um, I can't remember what the film was. This was only a few weeks ago, and I said to the guy behind the counter, he was only young. I said, you know what? I haven't actually watched a film in this cinema since Jurassic Park. And he went, <laughs> you mean Jurassic World? I went, no, no, no. I mean Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it could have been worse. It could have been Congo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Congo. Oh, man. You know what? I'd like to do a drunk commentary on Congo. Blimey. Because, I mean, you'd have to be drunk to watch Congo now. Holy that, that. crap. That there is a new podcast idea. <laughs> that's that's a rough film, but it does start Tim Curry. So you know, shit film Tim Curry, great painting Adolf Hitler. Do you see what that? That's what I was trying to get at earlier. That's what I was trying to get. Anyway, that's that's far too much Hitler talk for this podcast. Um, uh, P Dubs, was there any other stories that you wanted to bring up? Uh, just a couple more ones. Uh, Mister Iger's possibly decided to stay on for a little while longer yes um his contract runs out next summer but uh they haven't found a replacement um so it looks like he will be sticking around for a little bit longer because he's was it the second in command was the the kind of tip to replace him oh he's gone and he left last year didn't he yeah yeah was he was he second in command because He'd been promoted to second in command. Right, okay. Um, in the hope that he would replace Iger, and then I don't think the board particularly liked him um, and oh, decided to get right. rid. Right, okay, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I, was ne- I wasn't sure in that situation if it was, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he wanted to leave for other opportunities or he knew he wasn't going to get the job. And no, so... he was he was let go of. Right, okay. Yeah, so so I just basically turned around and said, look, you know, if you're, you know, if if you don't mind me sticking around for a little bit, I'll I'll gladly earn another couple of uh, hundred thousand dollars to stay on for another 
six months or so. He'll go buy yeah, well, his franchise out somewhere. Yeah, well, his wages went down, didn't they, last year? Oh, his bonuses they? weren't quite as big. Oh, dear. If anyone's so got he's got to make up for that, hasn't he? If anyone's got a small violin they want to play for Bob Iger, please, uh, <laughs> please play in your own time. Uh, I've yeah. got some off-the-press news. That's the um, jingle for hot of the press news. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say in between us, but um, <laughs> the, the, um, <laughs> the a little show that should have debuted about nine months ago was debuting this weekend. Rivers of Light. Yeah, which we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. So it well, actually has debuted, hasn't it? Was it Friday or Saturday? I believe it was, yeah, because um, we talked about the last show. You obviously talked loads about it um, <laughs> <laughs> when you was you was on them for the entire show. Um, oh, that, oh, right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. listen to the rest. Okay, okay just, just, we'll just glaze over this section. Yeah. So, uh, no, 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 no. We was talking about a fact. Well, I think Amanda said that she didn't believe it would ever actually happen. And then, oh, okay. and then, <laughs> and then lo and behold, a few days later... Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was Friday. So I think it was the tenth. It had its. I think it's a soft opening. I don't think it was. It's not a, an official launch, is it? No. It was no. It's been like soft cast. media and yeah, yeah, cast members and things. Okay, so have you seen it? Uh, no. I've, I've, I've seen, only seen, I've seen people... bits of it. You seen okay. bits? Okay. Yeah. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos. In fact, again, the trackers, Tim went to see it. Uh, when was it? Friday, I think. Okay. Um, it looks lovely. Don't get me wrong, but the story still seems absolutely shocking. Like, there isn't one. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I thought we were talking about the Rivers of Light, not Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they seem to have followed the same trend. <laughs> looks brilliant. No storyline, okay. Yeah. So is that it? Is is that is that kind of what what um it, it appears to be or what people have said that it just looks like that just, it's it's just what it looks like. Mm. Okay. It's just it kind of looks like a few lotus flowers floating around with some lights and some water being thrown out of it onto a screen. Oh. With some animals running along it. <laughs> and that's about it. Okay. So, well, I suppose at least they've got a nighttime thing now. I suppose you can yeah. say that. Uh, As I, I heard, heard somewhere else, someone went, yeah, it'll last for about six months before they decide to put some uh, some Disney characters into it. Probably. That's what Zootopia's been made for, surely. Um, yeah. I was gonna, well, speaking about nighttime things, I don't know if this was the next thing he was going to talk about, Paul, but... And this is huge news. In fact, this week's been pretty huge for news. Um, wishes. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's no more. It'd be going. Well, it's, it's, it's still there now. So if yeah. you listen to this, and this is how you're finding out. Firstly, apologies. Secondly, it's not gone just yet. Is it the uh, 12th of May? Yeah. I think. Um, just, just before Avatar opened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you've got a while to to still see it, but not. I mean, certainly if you're in the UK and you weren't planning planning to go to Disney World, you're you're buggered if you want to see Wishes again. Um, but yeah, so so it is ending, and it it's been going since 2002, 
Wishes? Yeah. It's been a long it's been time. Around a while. Yeah. yeah. Um I I mean I love Wishes. I, I, I do like Wishes. I think it was a good show. Um I hate to say it, but all good things. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, it's it's been on a long time. And I think you need to change things up every now and again. Especially with a fireworks show. Um you know, even even like, you know, look at Disneyland Paris, Disney Dreams. That's being replaced um what, five years on? Yeah. And it's had a good run. Um and and thinking about it, that was far more advanced than than Wishes was. Yeah, and from what I understand, have they have they named its replacement yet? Yeah, is it Happily Ever After? Okay. I think. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. That's what I should call it. Happily Ever After. Or something or like something that. something like that. <laughs> That'd be a good title. Um, where, are, where are they with the parades at the moment? Because they had a parade going and they had one coming and... No well, nighttime parade at the moment. Yeah, Paint the Magic's gone. Is it Paint the Magic? Paint the not Paint the Night? Paint the Night at California. That's gone. That's been and replaced by Electrical Parade, Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah. Well, what about Orlando? They've got no nighttime parade. What? Well, Nothing they, at all. They had the electrical parade, no. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Weird. They they just have a procession of people on uh, mobility scooters. <laughs> still still my favourite uh, off the cuff joke I made in a Disney theme park of all time was waiting for the parade and they went down you know two or three of them in a, in a row went down Main Street <laughs> and I just turned to my wife and said bloody hell the budget and the Main Street electrical parade's gone down this year. <laughs> um, yet to be there, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's good. You know, I'm glad it's going, but I believe it's going to be um, a it's going to use projection as well, so it's yes. not going to just be fireworks. So I'd assume Tinkerbell will not be flying anymore. No, apparently she is. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because people had started moaning about it, and they asked, and apparently someone asked a cast member, I think, and I said, no, she's still she's still planned to be there. We're not getting rid of her. Okay. But due to cutbacks, she can't use a harness anymore. <laughs> They're just using oh. a massive catapult. <laughs> yeah, catapult. Just throwing her across the park. catapult and a mattress. Hoping <laughs> for the best. Yeah, I, did like that, I did like that story that uh, Len and Jim said on, their, on the Disney dish that they said that that's where possibly they'd been planning to build these cabanas, was where she landed. Yes, yeah, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> And that she'd basically land right next to your cabana. Well, that'd be worth the prize of admission, surely. Imagine <sighs> she come through the like come through the roof like in a like from a comedy film. Tinkerbell <laughs> landed up on your table and like knocks all your beverages everywhere. That'd be hilarious. Um, the woman that does it supposedly when I did a tour there is a in her forties, I think, and she's a um, elementary school teacher. Oh. But she's not allowed it's to better. tell her kids what she does for like after hours. <laughs> That's better than the story that I heard. That it was a man. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I heard it was I heard it was Angela Lansbury in a wig. <laughs> I prefer both your stories. God bless Angela. <laughs> and all that sounded. Do you know, right? 
yes. I, I, I saw her on do the play Blythe Spirit in London about two years ago. Oh, yeah. And I said to my partner, I said, let's go around the back and get her autograph. There'll be anyone around there. It's only Angela Lansbury. Went around there. I'm not kidding you. There was hundreds of people screaming like, 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 I don't know, some pop band was about to come out. And they're all there shouting and cheering, hundreds and hundreds of them. And then this little dear old lady come walking out, jumped in a cab and disappeared. Jesus. You know, you know yeah. that's what happens with 25, 30 years worth of Murder, She Won't fans. They yeah. are all standing there with this season one DVD box set ready to get signed. Not surprised. But the, thing is, the, the thing is, if you're a student in England... That's all you did pretty much for three years was watch Murder, She Wrote every day. To be honest, and it, the weird thing is, and this is true, once ITV stopped showing it, the BBC started showing it. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange. That and Quincy. Yeah, and Quincy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, diagnosis murder. Don't ah, with our dick. Yeah. Uh, Richard Van Dyke. I was going to mention Angela Lansbury twisting her knob, but... <laughs> Get your hands off of my knob! <laughs> oh, I have to go and watch that now. Um, I'll be controversial and end this this bit about fireworks and say um, I love wishes. Sad in in some ways it's going. Glad it's in, the replacement looks like it's going to be you know up to standard. But I think um, uh, Illuminations is overrated. Ooh, yeah. I'm actually surprised that hasn't gone first. Yeah, I was just about to say, I would have backed money Illuminations would have gone before Wishes. Yeah. I'm talking about the Epcot version. Obviously, Disneyland Paris has got uh, a show called called that coming coming this year. But, um, yeah, I just... I, uh, yeah, I think... I had so much hype about it. When I saw it, I was like, no, nah, I think I prefer Wishes. There you go. Controversial. Um, P-Dubs, was, there, was that everything you wanted to talk about? Or... Yeah, there's, there's a couple of other little bits, but nothing that uh, is huge, really. I was just going to say, uh, James Gunn's been confirmed that he's directing Mission Breakout. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. He uh, he originally didn't really want a lot to do with it, apparently. And then they <laughs> they showed him what they were doing, and he went, right, I'm in, and I'm directing it. So, so when's that due to open? Sorry? When's that due to open? Uh, middle of the year, I think. So June time. You better pull his finger out of his ass then. I think it's already done. Oh right, okay, fine. I think they Good. they did it while they were finishing off the oh, film. Guarding. Right, yeah, that that would make yeah, because um, he's doing Infinity War now, isn't he? He's executive producer on Infinity War. Right. Okay. Um, he's still cutting the new Guardians at the moment, but yes. the, the Benicio del Toro was spotted filming. Um, months ago, um, and he's not in the second Guardians. He's in Infinity War, but um, it was believed that he was filming uh, Mission Breakout. Okay. Well, that would make sense because obviously he his character is integral to that attraction. Yeah, from, from what we know. Well, yeah, the fact that it's well, being hosted in his building. Where yeah, he exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty much so, a giveaway. Sorry, yeah. sorry if you thought that was a spoiler. Um, and also, uh, so speaking about Guardians 2, they've done the first test screenings. Yes. And it's come back with uh, top scores, like 100s, which is unprecedented. 
Yeah. I think the, the biggest going Marvel film before was the Avengers. The first yes. Avengers. Obviously not Age of Ultron because... <laughs> no. No. Um, but the first Avengers, I think, got about a 93. Yeah. Or something. Though Marvel do it a different way. They don't have your typical test screenings. They have a thing called what they call family and friends. Um, so basically, <laughs> they pull in people that are related to actors, executive producers, even backstage <laughs> guys. Ah, oh, so it doesn't le- so it doesn't leak. Yeah. So spoilers aren't leaked on it. So it's not you can't put it up against say any other other movie. But I, yeah, well, got, got I, out of hundred. You know what? I'd like to see what Age of Ultron scored with friends and family. I can guarantee you it was nowhere near 90s. No. And that's your friends and family. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not a, a, a great indication, but, you know, I think from everything we've seen so far, I think it's going to be, a, a, you know, knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Although I did hear that Star Lord's mum is actually called Martha. Um... <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> may or may not be true. Um yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, I, I might have to cut out some content at the beginning. I haven't decided yet. I'm, I'm sober now, so I'll go back and listen to it. But thank you very much for joining us. Um, and we will see you soon. I don't like to say when, because I, I never know. Possibly we next know. week. <laughs> might, might be the week after, I don't know. We'll see how much glad for punishments we are. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Chris, you gotta say bye. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, goodbye. is part of the After Dark Podcast. Right, uh, and so for our other sponsor of the show, um, we have Wendy Pratter at Magical Journeys Travel. Don't yeah, we do. Good. Yeah. The the very beautiful looking Wendy Pratter. Is she, is she on your um, to-do list? Like if you meet her in real life, you're allowed to. She's, um, you know, when you open the wallet. Yeah, she, She's the picture in my wallet. I get you. I get you. But other than our lust uh, for Wendy, um, her and her magical journeys are there to help you plan your next Disney vacation. So whether that's a Disney cruise or a trip to Disney World, Wendy can help you by getting your reservations at midnight, getting those all-important Be Our Guest dining reservations or meet and greets with Anna and Elsa. And uh, I think if you quote this podcast, Craig get a bit of a discount on your uh, deposit don't you yeah yeah 25 dollars off yeah there you go so next time you want to book a holiday give wendy at magical journey travels a little tinkle at wpmagicjourneys.com or on twitter at wpmagicjourneys god bless wendy and all that sail in it <laughs>